Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Republic. My name's Wade. As always, I am one half of Records of the Republic. And as always, I am joined by my significant other half, Kevin. How are you, Kevin? Oh, I'm so honored that I'm you called me your significant other. Well, when it comes to Star Wars, man, yeah, there's no one else. It's true. <laughs> I have no one else to choose from. I'm good, man. It has been a long couple of days, but that's the season. You know, we started, Zach started baseball and he's up to the minors this year. So it's kind of into actual competition. They actually need the to minor have... leagues already. Yeah. Wow. He's a pro. Kids going places. Yep. Anyways, um, <laughs> he's having three practices a week and then that's only until the games start. And then it goes down to one practice. But as much as I love it, I could spend all day watching Watching right. him play, uh, it's tiring. I had to, Skyler had an eye appointment today, and then of course I had to work. Oh. You know, boom. right? Um, so I'm just. This is honestly the first time I've had all day to chill a little bit. So I'm glad to be here. Do you uh, do you think you've got a future Cubbies player in your in your house right now? I don't know. We'll see. He's just having some fun right now, but he he's good. I, I need to take. I need to teach him. I'm a big baseball fan. I played a lot when I was a kid. I watch it's one of the, it's one of the few sports that I watch pretty religiously. So I got to I got to teach him some of the situational things like for example, he thinks that whenever you're in the field, you just get the ball and throw it to first base no matter what. Um, which is true a majority of the time, but there are many situations where like you need to throw it to second or uh or not throw it to first at all. So or I got to teach him some of that stuff. Yeah. Well, just make sure he grows up watching real teams and not the Red Sox, because... You know, he, uh... if it were any other season, I would probably have <laughs> something to say to you. Um, but, no, the Red Sox are trash right now, man. I don't think it's going to get... Yeah, I don't think it's going to get better. Well, again, as we were... As we were talking to our friend Alexander, we know my fanship does not tend to go well, except for my Alabama team, so... Cubs should be pretty uh, good. As a Cubs, uh, they should be good. I don't this year. expect I don't expect anything serious out of them for another twenty or thirty. I'm going to be on my deathbed when I'm like ninety eight if I make it that long. And well, that's you when got they one. White make it. Yeah, we got one. I, dude, I remember the that that series. I was actually during Game Seven. I was actually at a Celtic Thunder concert, which oh, is cool. a super kind of popular Irish group. Uh, that travels around and sings and does old Irish songs and stuff like that. And uh, I was at a concert and it was really funny because they had done their, you know, bow. Okay. Hey, we're done. Thank you for coming to the show. Yada, yada, yada. Well, everyone sat there and, and sat around for a little while. No one was moving. We all stood up and we we're just looking at our phones because we were watching the Cubs game. And 
the Cubs ended up winning and the whole auditorium started like cheering because Mesa Mesa is where the Cubs do their spring training. So there are a bunch of snowbirds who come down to Mesa, Arizona uh, to see them during spring. And so we're all sitting there and we all start cheering and we're super excited. Um, and freaking the, the group Celtic thunder comes back out on the stage thinking it was an encore request and starts singing again. <laughs> and the whole auditorium started erupting in laughter and everything. And then someone on their PR team told them, Hey, the Cubs just won the world series. And so they talked about, Oh, that's probably why you guys were cheering. And so it was, it was just a really awesome, awesome. moment. Um, a lot of fun, but yeah, I, that was a, that was a super exciting game. I remember it really well too. Cause so it was shortly after Jess and I had got married. Um, so she really mm-hmm. hadn't ever seen any of those late night games with me. Cause I know I've always been a big sports fan, even right. Even outside of my teams, I like a big moment. Um, and she loves baseball now just as much as I do, but she didn't back then. But right. I was staying up for it. It was very late for me. I was on the East Coast. You were on the West Coast. Um, it might have been late for you, too. I don't know what time. It was. They went into extra innings, didn't it? Game seven? It did. And I believe so. I stayed up, and I woke her up, and I was like, Jess, you're going to want to see this. Um, because I'm a Red Sox fan. I have my own experience with breaking a, a very long curse, you know, a drought mm-hmm. without a championship. So it was almost like brothers yeah. in arms there. You know, like I was happy. I really wanted the Cubs, even though it was, I believe it was against the Indians that year. It was. And I, Terry Francona, never wanted anything bad to happen to that guy. He's the one that broke the curse for the Red Sox. He was the manager right. that year. Loved Terry Francona and had a bunch of ex Red Sox players, but I, I, I wanted it for the Cubs that year. And it was, it was just a cool moment. Well, I think, you know, it was one of those situations where, as a country, you know, there have been very few times where I feel like the country was truly, truly uh, united to an extent. And I feel like this was one of those situations where I, whichever team won, because I think the Indians also haven't won. If they've won one, it's been a long time as well. Yeah. Yeah. The Red Sox uh, up to that a point. couple times. Yeah. So, I mean, it was going to be one of those Cinderella moments kind of for either team, but especially for the Cubs to see that, yeah. like that was a true, you know, you've got a lot of good stories there where, you know, there was this one guy that uh, blew up online on Facebook and Twitter who ended up, you know, he, he and his dad growing up always watched every single game, you know, every just religiously and his dad passed away. Well, when they made it to the world series, he would go and visit his dad's grave oh. and turn on the radio and listen to the game together. Wow. And so he was there with his dad when, when they won and, you know, stuff like that, you hear like my great grandfather, who I was blessed to know, I actually got to know four of my great grandparents, which so many kids today are lucky to know all four of their grandparents, you know, and, uh, I got to know four of my great grandparents and, uh, one of them, he lived in St. Louis, was born and raised in St. Louis, all of our family up there. They're all diehard Cardinal fans, except for my great grandfather, who was a Cubs fan. And when he died, we all got these ribbons um, that were Cubs. They were Chicago Cubs ribbons, and everyone wore them around their arms at his uh, memorial service and funeral. And so I, I didn't make it. I was still living in Arizona, but I had mine. And so I've kept that with me with some of my, you know, family heirloom stuff that I keep 
kind of tucked away in a little chest. Wow, that's very and cool. So I still have mine. But yeah, you know, stuff like that, like, you know, there's just a lot of family history wrapped up into teams like the Cubs or, you know, even the Red Sox, you know, just stuff like that. There's some of these older teams that have been around for a while and established, like, there's just, it was, it was a really cool moment to hear how exciting it was for people who weren't Cubs fans to see the Cubs win. So it was definitely a, a yeah. fun season. Well, so that's how I'm doing, Wade. You sound like you've got a little bit of a stiffle. You doing okay? Dude, I'm doing great. This peanut butter whiskey has got me feeling much better. I, I was so afraid that I was going to be coughing the whole time, but uh, this is definitely soothing the throat. Yeah. I've got horrible allergies, and on top of that, I work outside for a living. So, I like, 80% of my day is spent walking around customers' houses or crawling in crawl spaces and attics and stuff like that. And so I am out in, you know, the wild, so to speak, for a good chunk of the day. So my head's just been killing me. And I didn't deal with allergies last year, so I didn't think I would this year. So I really didn't plan to stock up on allergy medicine. So the last couple of days have been rough. And Penny, thank, thankfully, you know, God bless her. She stopped by the store today to pick up some allergy medicine for me because I didn't have any time. Um, my day was just so jam packed. I've got, it seems like almost every day I'm going to a house to deal with an issue that another technician messed up or isn't treating properly or, you know, whatever. And I'm just kind of cleaning up, which I think is just their way of preparing me for management, (laughs) you know? Yep. Get used to it. It is what it is, but it's been a good week. I mean, I finished Heir to the Empire for the first time ever Excellent. in my life. I finished that today, and it was very, very, very good. Uh, definitely, I would say probably about a four point five star wow. for me. I mean, it was it was Big. it was up there with uh, Rogue Squadron. I mean, it was it was cool. great. It was enjoyable, um, cover to cover, and so I just started. Um, oh, what's the last one? It's not the last command. That's the last one. But what is the middle one? It'll come to me in a second. Uh, Dark Force something or other. Dark Force Rising. I think that's the second one. I think that's the title of it. I'll look it up later. But yeah, Dark. I think it's Dark Force Rising. And it, it's it been good so far. I'm only in chapter one because I just finished the first book. Um, definitely, I've been slowing down on the books a little bit and kind of focusing a little bit more on trying to listen to some of the podcasts out there, some of our friends, like uh, from a certain point of skew and detention block. And, you know, some of those other guys out there that are doing podcasts, um, trying to show them some love, but uh, still trying to sprinkle in some reading here and there. I kind of put a pause on high Republic. The uh, first two books that I read were pretty decent um, starting off the series. But after that, eh, it's kind of been mediocre. They, they've kind of like leveled out the storylines, not really getting very interesting. It's kind of just repetitive in a sense. So I'm hoping that's not the case through the whole High Republic series, because if it is, I'm definitely going to stop reading them and probably won't finish the series. But, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try a couple other Thrawn books and other books related to Ahsoka and Mandalorian and then maybe dive back into High Republic when Ahsoka comes out. I think that's good. I mean, the way I feel about the books is I'm not going to waste my time on a book that I don't think I, I'm enjoying because there's probably thousands of other books that are fantastic. 
uh, that I could. I get spend that. Time on. But I also want to be able to. I want to be able to push through because you know some books do start slow. Some books sure. are like really boring through the first half, and really pick up in the second half. Um, you know, and there are some books that I just want to be able to give my feedback on and say, "Hey, this is what I liked. This is what I didn't right. like." Like Battle Scars. That's how I feel about Battle, Battle Scars. Scars. <laughs> I'm gonna Battle read Scars it. was a book. It was a book that I definitely, if, if I was in that position like you are, where I'm like, it's not gonna int- if it's not interesting in the first half, I'm just not gonna read it and finish it. Battle Scars is one of those books that I definitely would have put in that category. And uh, it was really funny in Detention Blocks, uh, one of their recent episodes, uh, they they shouted me out for uh, agreeing with Dustin on his uh, his review of Battle Scars. So we see eye to eye with them, uh, which is pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, I mean, with but, I'm probably going to pick that book up at some point because, I don't know, I kind of do want to be able to give my take on it. But, I mean, maybe I'll like it. You never know. That's true. Well, and like I said before, I do encourage, you know, anyone that posts about, hey, I picked this book up. I'm super excited to read it. I always say, you know, I hope you enjoy it. I really do. I really hope you guys enjoy it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. I think it was poorly written. Um, The storyline was boring. There wasn't any character development. It was just lame. But that said, if someone picks it up and loves it, more power to them. That's exciting. That's another piece of Star Wars content that they can add to their library and say, hey, this is for me. Awesome. Um, But I also won't hold back. If someone says, what did you think about it? I will let them know and have plenty of times uh, let them know how I felt about it. So, but I don't want to really harp on that again. I know I've harped on that a couple of episodes. Um, But that said, uh, Heir to the Empire, very good. And I'm very excited to see, you know, because there's been a lot of talk about Filoni uh, starting to pull from not only Thrawn stories, but from the EU in general for the Ahsoka series and for the Mando movie and stuff like that. And so I'm really interested to see how he does that and if he does it effectively. Well, I I saw something, it was either today or yesterday, um, somebody had mentioned that topic. And Filoni said that he's been consulting with Timothy Zahn about it because he wants to make sure it's done right. So I think you can expect that it it's true to, to how Thrawn has been represented already. Which is really cool because Zahn wrote both the EU books for Thrawn and the canon books for Thrawn. Because, you know, right. there's the, yep. the three EU and then there's six, I believe, canon books, two trilogies uh, about Thrawn in canon. And so I, I think it'll be really cool that he's including him. And I'll talk a little bit about it more later when we get into Mandalorian. But I'm really excited for what Dave Filoni has uh, and what he's putting together for us. Uh, despite what some of the – I've seen a couple of naysayers on, on Twitter and Facebook complaining about how Filoni's doing just as bad as Disney did with the sequels. And, you know, he's ruining Star Wars just as much. He's Dumb. Like, and I'm like – Y'all are stupid. You yeah, want to complain and try and get views. Like, that's all you're doing. Because if you actually look at what he's doing, he's doing a pretty good job of it, in my opinion. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not that kind of fanboy who's just going to praise everything that comes out with the Star Wars label on it. We've we've seen that in many episodes so far. Sure. I will criticize when I think something's done poorly. That said... I'm not going to always be negative, um, but when I do think someone is doing something well, I'm going to praise it 
as such. So, but like I said, we'll dive into a little bit of that later um, after we talk about Mando. First, Star Wars Celebration wrapped up Monday. Monday was the last day, I believe. Um, we covered a little bit about what came out, what news came out Friday. And then obviously we've been retweeting like crazy all of the news that we've been getting Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So to go over a lot of the shows, because we covered the movies, and I know we covered a couple of the shows, but we've gotten a full list of all the shows that we're going to be getting in the next couple of years. So we've got Tales of the Jedi Season 2. We don't have a release date for that yet. Um, some articles are saying that it could be as early as, you know, October 2023, which would make sense, you know, if you put it a year after when the first season came out. I could see that happening. Um, Skeleton Crew, I know, is planning on coming out late 2023, so I'm thinking maybe like November or December. So, you know, putting Tales of the Jedi right between Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew seems like a good idea to me. Um, so we've got Tales of the Jedi Season 2 coming out sometime probably in the next year or two. Uh, I don't imagine it being any later than, you know, mid-2024, personally. Um you know, I don't think they'll do a Visions Season 3, so I wouldn't also be surprised if they did Je Tales of the Jedi, like, May 4th for next year, well, since they're doing Visions. Why do you think they won't do a Season 3? I just don't see, you know, like, the first season was all about anime, you know, anime style, and then the second season is about international animation styles. So... It's not something that they're really building storylines off of. They're just kind of sh showcasing how different animation studios, you know, interpret Star Wars and would display Star Wars for viewers. See, that's kind so of I just that's kind of why I thought they might keep going with it because they, there's not a lot of they don't have to put a ton into it, you know. I think it's a novelty. I think yeah. the novelty is going to wear off after this season. Cuz I mean, where what are you going to go? You can't go intergalactic animated studios. Well, why, why? So you're just going to pick why did, different international studios? Why, why can they only do things once? You know, like, I think there's a good audience for the anime side. I mean, I think they could definitely keep it going. I think it's very, it's only, it only has upside. Like, I don't think there's any downside in doing it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get that part of it. But I think, I don't know. I don't know how much the, the interest is going to be there. You know, I guess it really just depends on how season two is received. Like, yeah. I loved season one, but I didn't buy any merchandise from sure. season one, for example. Reasonable. You know, they put out merchandise. They put out, like, Ronan and some of the other characters from season one in Funkos and different, you know, figurines and, you know, whatever. So they had different merchandise for Vision season one. But I see a lot of those are still on the shelves now, <laughs> you know, almost a year later. And so it's one of those, like, I, you know, Disney has this... They do have, and I have to unfortunately say this, they have this tendency to like focus on what they can brand sure. and market and visions. I don't think is quite there. No, I think not. the interest here in say, I think what, what brought interest here is that they were able to say, okay, we're going to take anime styles, which is really cool. Considering the next star Wars celebration is in Japan. That is kind of cool. So they did season one with just anime style. And then they're like, okay, well, now we're going to show you intergalactic or uh, internationally what different anime or what animation studios can do. And so, you know, we've got like Africa and India and Asia. And uh, I think we've got um, uh, I know we've got Europe. Um, so we've got like a couple. I think we might have a South American. I don't know that they did one for every continent, but I know they did quite a few. So, you know, now that they've gone to this point, 
where do they go from there? You know, if they do a season three, what what are your thoughts? What, where do you think they're going to go from there? Because I just don't see them being able to market unless they've got so many characters in season three that are more personable than were in season one. I mean, well, if they have more characters in season two that sell merchandise more than season one did, then I could see maybe something them saying, okay, maybe we do have a market here. So I think if it's about merch, then you're exactly right. Like they, there's no reason for them to do it. But I think if that's what it's about for them, then it's a, a misstep. Because I don't, I don't care about Vision's merch. I just thought it was cool to see some, some animation, cool stories, like almost like shorts. Um, I, I mean, right? But we have to look at it like, I mean, look at how the whole situation with Grogu and the Mandalorian was right. handled. No, I get Pabro's it. plan was. Uh, that's why I'm saying I think they are at least under their current administration, they are more merchandise based than they are because no you know visions isn't something that's driving people or drawing them to disney plus right yeah i'm tales I'm of the jedi is. i if it's about merch for them then there would be no reason for them to do a season three but i think that if that's really what it's about for them then that's a mistake you know i think that they have a well, cool i agree with that they've too. got a cool product i think it I'd should like be more of it i think it should be solely about storytelling yeah that 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 ultimately should be the goal, but we've seen that Disney is not that way with some things, with some of the decisions they've made. Yeah, we'll see. I guess you know, I I, I would like to see as much visions as they'll as they'll give us because it's it's enjoyable. Like it's 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 almost like it what is. happened with Marvel with What If. You just sit down and watch it, right. and get a cool story. Yeah, Vision. And, I, I could see that. I could see Visions being like Star Wars's version of What If. I would still love a Star Wars What If. I think that would be awesome. Um, but it's see, I just think. Ah, I don't know that that's something I would want to see. I would just, just fun, you know, like you don't have to sit and think about I, how it fits in the canon and all the plots, you know, does it, does it contradict something that happened before? Just sit and watch it, you know, and enjoy it. But I think, I think the problem is with the whole what if thing, the what if ties into the multiverse of Marvel. Yeah, they had a plan. And that's why it. Marvel fans, that's why Marvel fans don't really have a problem with it. I think Star Wars fans, unfortunately, as a whole, are more concerned about canon versus not non-canon. And because of that, they probably won't put any time into a what-if scenario. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing – I think if they were to ever do something like that, they'd put it in a graphic novel. Well, if that's you the know, case, like, then nobody if would Qui-Gon watch Vision. Survived? Uh, I don't know what I, – I need to look it up. I need to see what the Vision's viewership actually is. Yeah, that's that would be um, good. I would love it. That, would, that's what I want to see. I think a graphic novel would be cool. I just want the stories. I don't care where they put it. That Well, that's the thing. I think if they're going to do it, they're not going to put time into like an animation sure. or an animated series. They definitely won't do it live action. That just – it's not yeah, going to be. If a they waste. were to do it, it would be animation. But I really think if they ever do a what-if – essentially yeah. but i think the big biggest problem there is disney's already kind of branded that as marvel sure. thing, so they would have to like rebrand it retitle it they could still do it but i think they would do it in a graphic novel just as a one-off graphic i'd be novel down for that independent stories like you know what if qui-gon survived what if anakin killed sidious instead of mace you know whatever etc etc et yeah what if or what if maul won and took anakin right All stuff that like stuff. that that's what i'm saying like I think that would be that would be something they might explore in a graphic novel at some point. Yep. I just don't see them doing it in animation, you know. Yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, I'm cool with it. I just want the stories. I don't care how I get them. Yeah. And that's fair. I agree with that. So, 
Tales of the Jedi Season 2. Uh, Visions Season 2, we know we've got coming out on May 4th of this year for May the 4th. Uh, be with you. And it does have an official trailer online, so you can go look that up. It does it look cool, awesome. I will say. Like, the anime, like I like the anime, because I personally like anime. Like, I've got a couple of different animes that I watch regularly and rewatch occasionally. Um, so, like, I do like anime. And so Vision Season 1 was entertaining to me. There were a couple of uh, studio styles that I really, really felt comfortable with. And I was like, man, this feels so familiar. I just, I loved the storytelling, everything about it. And then some of them were kind of quirky and kind of like, ah, I wouldn't really watch this, but it's kind of cool to see that studio um, and how they how they designed Star Wars in their eyes. But Season 2 looks really, really cool. And I do, I do think they've done a very good job uh, in including different studios out there. Um, that I think I'm, I'm just really excited for the storytelling in season two. Agreed. Uh, so that's coming out May the 4th. I think, are they doing it? Didn't they do season one where they released all the episodes at one time? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, 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 yeah, I, I thought so. I think it would be a mistake to, to stagger them. Just put them all out at once. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason that, in my opinion to, to stagger them. And I think they should do the same with uh, Tales of the Jedi. If we're only getting six or eight episodes. Didn't they do that? They did with the first yeah. season. That's what I'm saying. I think they should just do it with the second season. Yeah. I would assume that I would so, assume they'll do it the same way. Probably. So we've got vision season two coming out. Uh, Ahsoka obviously coming out August, 2023. Uh, their official, her official trailer is out as well. Um, looks pretty dope. Oh yeah, it does. Not much, not much to hide. I, I don't know what else surprises they could have planned based on what they revealed in the trailer. Um, but I'm all for it, man. I, I'm just I'm along for the ride. Based on what I saw in the trailer, I'm super excited. Even if I didn't see half the stuff I saw in the trailer, I'd be super excited. Yeah. But they they definitely revealed a lot, which makes me wonder, like, what on earth could they be? Well actually hiding up their sleeve because they obviously they never reveal everything in their trailers you know well so i thought about that but i think so i was talking to my friend about it and he put it really well he was like they it was really a really well done teaser trailer because they put out all this stuff but you still don't know anything about the story like we don't we just right. know the characters which is gonna that's gonna be enough to bring people there that maybe weren't already there i i, I don't know who well sure be, but I think it was a very well done trailer. It, it like who the sky's the limit. Like who knows what's going to happen. Well, I think it's done a very good job of uniting Clone Wars fans who may not have been a fan of Rebels or Mandalorian sure. for whatever crazy reason. Uh, Rebels fans and Mandalorian fans. I mean, it's going to bring all three together. Whether we see the Mandalorian or not, I doubt we will. But it'd be kind of cool if Mando meets, you know, if Din meets Sabine at some point. That'd be kind of dope. Well, I'm sure it's all yeah. going to come to, like, everything that's happening is going to come, like, isn't that the plan for the Filoni movie? It's to kind of wrap Yeah, some, to some extent, yeah, it's going to wrap everything and kind of come to this giant culmination of his Filoni Mando verse, yeah. essentially. That'll be sad. It'll be very bittersweet. It will, but it'll it'll be really cool to see, like, this is, a, this is a, an age where Star Wars fans came together. And again, I'll get into this a little bit later. I feel really positive about Star Wars right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> Things me. need to have an end. Yes, yeah, they have to. They have to come to an end at some point. Um, I think, in terms of you know, good storytelling and good closure, it doesn't last forever. Not um, if you want it to be good. So, 
So that's coming out August 2023. Skeleton Crew, like I said, coming out late 2023 with a trailer leak. I don't think they have the official trailer out right now, but uh, there have been a lot of leaked videos from Star Wars Celebration, and I did watch some of those trailers. So did I. Um, dude, I am so excited, and I, 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 I'm torn because I, I don't know. Did Filoni have anything to do with Skeleton Crew? Or is his, are his hands kind of clean of that project? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I did hear that he's a part of it, but I maybe on a producer level. I, I really hope so. I really hope so. Because if so, I think there's a possibility of Jude Law playing Kyle Katarn. If not, I, I, don't, I think if he didn't have his hands involved in it in any creative way, then probably not. He's probably a new character altogether, and he's just this Kyle Katarn-esque kind of character, you know? I'm looking at it right now. Give me like another 30 seconds and I can tell you. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, he's um so he's he's listed as executive producer. So the executive producers are Kathleen Kennedy, of course, John Watts, John Favreau, Dave Filoni and Christopher Ford. So there's a possibility. Yep. Um it'd be cool to see him playing Kyle Katarn. Yeah, it just says but, Jude Law as a Jedi. Yeah, I'm just excited that he's a yep. Jedi. Like, that in and of itself to me is like, all right, that's cool. We are getting more Jedi-related stories. Yep. So, uh, The Bad Batch Season 3 is coming out 2024. We don't have an exact date, and we don't have any trailers. The final season. So, dude, we're gonna, I, I'm going to be keeping my eye out for that trailer because I am so excited to see. I mean, how are they going to wrap this up? That's what I really want to know. How are they going to wrap up the story with all of the characters? Well, you know, I think knowing it's a final season, we're not getting tech back. No, and it there's a very good chance that it might be the final one of the final times, potentially the final time we get uh, clones in animation. Oh, definitely. I didn't even most think likely, about that. definitely the Bad Batch. Like we probably won't see them again. That's hard. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready for that, man. I'm just and, well. I mean, it, it's kind of good that we do get these things. So, like specifically with the Filoni movie and understanding what that is, it'll give us the opportunity to really appreciate it as it comes out. All the all the stuff we might we might wait till like 2025 or 2026 to review Bad Batch season three because I just I want it to last. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to close that door. We'll yet. watch one episode per year and just really drag. Yeah, that's it right. That's right. <laughs> See if our viewership holds on that long. Yeah, we'll see. So we got Bad Batch, and then we've got Acolyte with the trailer leak coming out in 2024. I don't know if you saw that footage, but that also looks, looks pretty sick. interesting. I sent you a bunch of those, um, like the Did morning. You? Yeah, because I was all about it. I, I was that. I think it was Friday morning uh, or Saturday morning. I don't know, but I, I don't think I've been as like giddy in a, as I was in a long time. I was just following the Reddit threads all day and as soon as stuff would come out i was sending it to you and dilla it looks super super interesting yeah it looks very different but very cool and then we've got Andor season two coming out in august 2024 yep. with a trailer leak don't have an official trailer but that one also the trailer leak didn't really show all that much it just kind of confirmed that all of the characters that we kind of are interested in from season yeah. one have carried over to season two. So it didn't really reveal any, anything story wise or create any new interesting characters from what I saw. Um, 
But because Andor season one was so good, in my opinion, Andor season two, I think is going to be just as good, if not better. But this will also be the final season of Andor. Yep. So yeah, that one we know how it ends. Um, that one I'm not too heartbroken about. We though. talked we talked you know? about it last week a little bit, but still feel like it was a, a bit of a mistake to to release that during celebration. I think it 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 would have gotten a, a bigger reaction if it wasn't outshone by everything else that was announced and released. I don't think so. Because here's the thing, they have to release that what they really want to do is just show everyone a little bit of what they've got coming up in the next two years. Yeah, I get it from that angle. I I don't know. I think with that one, we all knew that there was going to be a season two. I think they should have just waited. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And I, I, or announce it and then release know. the trailer later. I, I can I can see where you're coming from, but personally, from my point of view, like if I were there, I would have loved seeing. Animals. Yeah, that's fair. Like I, I'm just just seeing that they've already got some of the filming done would make me feel confident in the fact that yeah, we are for sure getting. I can this. get behind that. You know, like all of the all of the movies, none of them, to my knowledge, had trailers. So that's why it's like if you're not going to have any trailers for the movies, which is really the big thing Star Wars is known for. This whole streaming platform with shows from Disney Plus is all relatively new within the last few yeah. years. Movies are the big thing. So if you don't have any trailers you can leak for the three movies that you confirmed, plus the Taika Waititi movie that was it's in the works right now, um, if you don't have anything to show for that, you want to show as much as you can, especially when you're trying to push this platform. You know, you're trying to sell Disney Plus left and right, so you want to throw every single project out there that you've got some footage for you really want to market these strong um for your your streaming platform so i i totally get why they put out and i i think the fact that they didn't show anything revealing about the show was kind of cool i i actually liked it because it was one of those like hey this is off in the far distance so we're not really showing you anything crazy about the series we're just showing you, hey, here are some clips and scenes from it that don't really reveal anything about the yeah. show. And I think that's a perfect way to do it because it is the last, at least to my knowledge right now, it is the last of the shows that will be released. And so it's it's one of those like, hey, this is off in the distance. Just know it's coming. We've got some footage done. Here's a sneak peek. But we're not revealing anything any all that much because we want the focus to be Ahsoka and we want the focus to be – uh, skeleton crew and acolyte because those are all coming up before Andor. So I think if the you know the way that they released footage was a good thing to do. You want them to be more focused on all of the Easter eggs in the next couple of series coming out versus the one that's coming out a year and a half, two years down the road. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I guess I'm just looking you know, at it purely. I want all this stuff to make me feel good and excited. Right. But I mean, the trailer to me felt made me feel good and excited. I'll say that. I mean, I guess so. It just for me, it just it doesn't. I'm not really thinking much about it because of all the other stuff. That's that's the point. I think that, and I genuinely think that's the point of it. The point isn't to make you think about it and focus on it because they want your focus to be on Ahsoka, which showed the most, and then they want you to be intrigued about Skeleton Crew and Apple. I'll focus on all, and then they want you to remember that Andor is coming yeah. up. You know, so I think that's kind of they want to focus on one. They want you intrigued about two of them and then remembering that one of them is coming up. 
And I think that they did a good job executing. Well, I what I think is that they should just give me what I want, how I want it, and when I want it. And that's what makes you a bad <laughs> Star Wars fan. <laughs> just FYI. Yeah. You're right. If any of you are like that out there, stop listening to our show. I don't care if it drops us to like five listeners. Like, stop being like that because you are part of the problem. I have become the very thing I swore to destroy. That's right. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, do you have any predictions or reactions to these shows? Not really. I mean, I feel I feel like we kind of already gave them. I'm really excited for ahsoka that's going to be probably the event of the year for star wars skeleton crew i think that's going to be cool um i don't really have a ton of expectation for it other than i'm expecting to enjoy it um tales of the jedi is going to be awesome i'm i they didn't give us anything right like we don't know who it's going to be centered around we have no idea who it's about i would love i would love some yoda um I would actually, I was thinking about this. I would actually like some uh, sequel trilogy, Tales of the Jedi, with Luke and Leia doing some training. You think so? You know, because we got, we got a glimpse. Listen, this is what they're, people, some people have been talking about this, about how, um, you know, if we're going to get more Luke and Leia at any point, it'll probably be animation versus. That Leia. would be cool and to I, get I animated. Yeah, but, I, I like that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if we get a little bit of that early Jedi Academy kind of look, or even a Luke with Ben Solo in the early Jedi Academy. Yeah. For, the, got the, voice for the new Jedi Academy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So that's kind of what I, you know, everything that we saw was pre prequel essentially, or prequel related. You know, we got Count Dooku and Ahsoka, which were awesome. They were incredible. So let's get Luke training Leia and Leia going on a Jedi related mission yeah. at some point, you know, cause we got, we got that tiny flashback scene in Rise of Skywalker, and that was one of the highlights. Like, I promised myself that I would not buy a lot of merchandise from the sequel trilogy because it just wasn't there for me. Like, I just didn't feel connected to it. But there there are very few amount of pieces in the sequel trilogy that I felt connected to where I thought, man, that was just an awesome scene. And seeing Luke and Leia in the training gear together, that was an was awesome cool. scene. And so, to me, feeling that connection, I felt like I had to at least support that. So I did buy the Funkos of those two a while back because um, they came out with the two-pack where it comes with both Luke and Leia in the Jedi training gear, and both of them have their lightsabers drawn, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, so I think if they were to do something like that with Luke and Leia training or, you know, uh, Luke and, and Yoda uh, force ghost talking uh, a little bit uh, about how to set up the, the Jedi order and stuff like that. You know, something like that would be cool. And I think Leia doing her own mission. Be I cool. think, and then I, uh, I think, it, well, I was going to change the subject. So you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think eventually doing a third season of tales of the Jedi set somewhere after the sequel trilogy would also be cool. Yeah. You know, we've got so much content right now in between prequels and original trilogy. So we got a little bit of pre-prequel with the Tales of the Jedi. Let's get a little bit of post-original trilogy with the Jedi, specifically focused on Jedi. And then let's get a little bit of post-sequel trilogy with Tales of the Jedi. Well, they could even position that to set the stage for the, the Rey movie. 
Absolutely. I think if they were, it, well, I don't think it would set the stage. Cause I really do think this next season is either going to be focused around prequels season Jedi, three, Jedi, I mean. or yeah. Season three, I think would be perfect for talking about some of that in between yeah. time between uh, rise of squat Skywalker and this new Ray led movie that we're going to get 15 years later. Well, you know what I think would be a cool, I, th- I think Mace Windu would be a cool character to do a tales of Jedi on. See, we could see how he, be- yeah, but we got, we got a little bit of him. Well, we know? could see how he became he was a kind of a jerk. punk. Like when he was younger. Yeah, yes, but I don't really want to know I how do. he became a jerk. I, I want to know all about it. I think, I just, I just think that's who he is. Mace Windu is one of I don't think there's any backstory to it. I don't know. I think there might be. He's just. I want to know. No, I think because... he's. I think he's always been a prick. Like I, that's genuinely how I feel about Mace. Well, is I just think he's always been kind of a give prick. Give me a Tales of the Jedi of somebody putting him in his place. I wouldn't mind like a, a Tales of the Jedi about some obscure Jedi like Yariel Poof, who we didn't get <laughs> much about. That would be kind of what fun, a name. you know, in one episode. If we just, it, yeah, I mean, if we just went through. Uh, even PL, I don't know if you remember him. He was the short little Jedi with the long ears, uh, little ponytail, and like one of his eyes was closed and scarred. Um, he was about Yoda's size, so he used a, a lightsaber Shoto as well. But something we only got like one episode, I think, in Clone Wars with him. I in love it. a Kit Fisto. One. So you know, so Kit Fisto would be cool. I think we got like one or two episodes yeah. in Clone Wars about him. So Kit would be cool. I mean, if they went through the old Jedi Order, that would be cool. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be upset if they went to the old Republic mm-hmm. with it. That's something else I didn't really think about. But I think that's something they're waiting to touch on until they figure out exactly how they want to do it. I don't. I still don't think they've. They're still trying to iron out so many of the wrinkles right now between the three trilogies that they have and trying to figure out the timeline and making sure everything lines up that I think they're not really wanting to touch the old Republic yet. Cause we do have content for that. Sure. So, but I, I think there are a couple of Jedi that would be cool, but I really, really, really want something related to original trilogy somewhere in between that and sequel trilogy. That's what I really want to see. I think that would be you know, cool. And I would love, I would love some Luke and Ben Solo. I think that would be really, really cool to see their relationship as Jedi versus former master and former apprentice, you know? I agree. Can we talk about Mando now? I'm so I'm no, excited. I got oh, a couple more on. things. I know, I know. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Kathleen Kennedy reported that Ewan McGregor does want to do a season two of Kenobi. And she said, while nothing's on the table right now, they're not saying no yep. to it. They're leaving the door open for the possibility. So if enough of us show support for Kenobi, we might get a season two. I think it would be cool. And one, you're reminding me, thank you for being the adult here. Um, I try. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was the Hayden Christensen interview. Yes. See, that's that's why you you can't fast forward. I'm just excited. Man. You just gotta let it flow. I know. I know. Mando was really good this week. <laughs> it was really. It good. was. It the the in, that interview, and if if you guys haven't seen it, really check it out. I think it, it's only like eight and a half minutes. It wasn't that long. Um, yeah, it was very short. But the ovation and reception that Hayden Christensen got 
it'll bring a tear to your eye. Like, well, it brought tears it did to, his to mine eye. too because it brought tears to his. Like, I mean, to see the amount of love this guy got after being criticized by so many different fans over time, it's kind of like the Ahmed Best. Yeah. Like, I, I hope Ahmed Best in 2025 is at celebration. I really do because I think the way fans react to actors now that they may not, or that other fans may have disagreed with at one point, I think it's so different. Um, I think they're more receptive and understanding and saying, Hey, I see that the reaction of other fans has put you through so much. And we're here to say, we love you. We're so excited. You're here. We're so happy. We're so thrilled. You're awesome. You're wonderful. And Hayden's genuinely a kind human being. Like you can tell in all of his reactions. And granted, there's always an aspect of, well, there's a camera on him. So he kind of has to. But from what I've heard, he is a genuinely nice person. Like everyone that meets him and takes photos with him, he just seems to be such a wonderful person. And so it's like, First of all, I can't imagine him getting the hate he got for playing Anakin because it's not his fault. If anything, it would be the writing and the directing. Yeah, but we're not gonna we're not gonna get into all of that because I I personally don't think the writing and directing no, was wasn't. all that bad. Were there were there some corny moments? Yeah, there were. No no question about it. But was it awful? No, by no means. So you know the the reception that he got was just so wonderful to see and to see his reaction and understanding that no, we as the majority love you, Hayden. We think you're awesome. We think you're wonderful. And we're so excited to have seen you Mm -hmm. return to another star Wars project. Well, and then you get into the actual interview with him and my, the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because his comments about what it was like to play Anakin and Vader and it really painted why it was important to have Hayden do it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't oh, just the symbolic. Oh, you you deserve to wear the you know the the Vader suit. No, it wasn't that. It was important that Hayden played Vader in, in Obi Wan right. Kenobi because there is not a person alive except for George Lucas that understands that character better than Hayden Christensen. And he talked about how Absolutely. like we tr- we tend to view um Anakin and Vader as two different people but they're not you know they it's the same person and you know I know there's the whole storyline of and Vader killed Anakin and it's metaphorical right it's it's the same it's right. the same person and that was one of the things that I loved the most about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is how it yep. really bridged the gap and you see that it's the same person and I don't think it would have come across it's as just well. one. Yeah. It's his old, who he used to be transitioning into who but he it's, is now. It's still him. That's what it comes down to. It's still him at the bottom. At, at the end of the day, it's still the same human being, but how they view the world, how they interact with the world, all of that has been turned upside down and yep. shifted. And it, it, it landed. And, yeah. I think they did a fantastic job of displaying that. And displaying that from Obi-Wan's perspective as well. You know, for him to see everything that has happened and how Anakin now stands as Darth Vader, I think, I I really think that that makes a huge difference. It, 
it, it was awesome. And it, like, I remember watching the show and being like, Oh, that's Vader. It's so cool. And then right. the scene would play out and I would feel this sadness because I'd be like, it's all yeah. Anakin, you know, like the character that I love, yeah. my favorite, my favorite character that would give the shirt off his back to anybody. And, stand up for what's right even if it means breaking the rules that's the same guy he fell so that's what i wanted to talk about because it it really what to me was the high aside from the the trailers and the announcements the highlight of celebration well it was it was just a heartwarming moment to see for sure so there was that um there were all kinds of clips of different voice actors like uh James Arnold Taylor for the first time since voicing Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, finally got (laughs) to meet Ewan McGregor, which was really cool because his his tweet on Twitter was very like fan oriented. Like it, 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 it was like if you were to put yourself in the shoes of a fan and tweet something, he was in that same boat. So uh, that was well, it really looked cool. like he paid for like, a meet and, at, and that's how they met. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, oh, yeah, he's one of us. Um, so you've got that, and you've got other interactions like Ashley Eckstein and Rosario Dawson. Like, they were super chummy together, and not like in a forced or fake way no, for they the like camera, but like super friendly. Like, it was super awesome to see. It's so cool when you can see voice actors coming together with uh, live-action actors and – like just living life together, you know, loving it up, saying like, Hey, we both portray this character in different ways and we love each other's work. Like, that's really cool. Like it's not a competition between Rosario and Ashley as to who's the better Ahsoka. Like, no, they're both representing Ahsoka in different ways. And it's super awesome to see that because they both love this character and they both love each other and think they're great. Like they had a, they had a video uh, that posted about the two of them. And, you know, someone apparently had asked them like, well, what did you guys do when you first met? So they reenacted everything that they did when they first met. It was just, you know, it was super cute. It was super awesome to see these two uh, different, very different actors uh, come together after portraying the same character and show like exactly how excited they were to meet each other the first time they met. So, you know, you had stuff like that. And then, of course, you've always got, like, the different interviews with, their, like, Ian McDarman was there, and he did some some voice acting. And apparently he was talking about a time he went to New York or something, and he was in a play, and he was walking down the street, and some somebody stopped him and said, oh, Senator Palpatine. And he does, in the voice of Palpatine, he says, I think you mean Chancellor Palpatine or Emperor Palpatine or something like that, you know, like correcting him in the voice of Palpatine. And, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of like these these actors realizing how much their characters mean to people um, at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. And it really does make me excited for the next time that celebration comes to the East Coast of the U.S., uh, because Japan probably will be out of budget. I'm going to start looking at flights to Japan to see if it'll, if it'll ever be feasible um, and maybe save up some money. But it'll probably be one of those wait until uh, either our podcast just takes off through the roof out of nowhere or uh, I can just save up for an East Coast trip to Florida. Yeah, one way or another, though. But it will happen eventually. We will make it to a Star Wars celebration. And just cry the whole I, time. I guarantee that. 
Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be in tears the whole – like I'm definitely – we both have to dress up in some kind of costume. I don't care how cheesy or bad it looks. Like we've got to do something. We've got to bring our lightsabers and – I just every single time I get a chance, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that fan that's so annoying because I'm gonna take pictures with so many different fans. I'm gonna have to clear off all the applications <laughs> on my phone just so I have room for photos, phone. you know, stuff like just I'm gonna have to. That's right. I'm gonna have to have my uh, quote unquote business like phone for just pictures at celebration. No, you're like that's Michael right. Scott. He had to get a second phone because he had took too many pictures of his kids. That's probably what I'm gonna have to do. Except that my pictures are of yeah. cosplayers and actors and not my right, kids. Right. So I might need to work on the priorities and then go to celebration. But anyway, so that's all the celebration news we have. Um, obviously, we've got some other stuff like uh, Jedi Survivors coming out pretty soon. I think it's like two weeks away, which is pretty exciting. I pre-ordered that. So really excited to dive into that game. Uh, I can't get past uh, what's his name in... Fallen Order right now. I've been trying to rework through Fallen Order, and I'm on Dathomir where you're fa- fighting that, oh, that former Jedi, Malakost or something, and I just, man, I get him like two-thirds of the way down in health, and then I always end up running out of stems, and I'm like, what yeah. the heck? What am I going to do? So, still trying to work through that. I may not finish it again before Survivor, so, because once Survivor comes out, that's the only Star Wars game I'm playing for like a month or two. Um, unless any of you guys want to play Battlefront 2 with me, in which case I'll play. Uh, I also saw there was an announcement by EA saying we're going to get a Battlefront 3 in 2026. Yeah, I hope, I really, really hope it uh, is what we hope Battlefront 2 would be, as much as I love Battlefront 2. So, well, yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest problem with Battlefront 1 and 2 is we had such high hopes because of the original Battlefront 1 and 2 and what kind of bar they set. Battlefront 1 definitely failed. Yeah, that was like, a bad There's game. no question about it. The new Battlefront 1 was just awful. And I think EA realized that, and they kind of redid a bunch of things and, you know, uh, did a bunch of customization. Like, I will say, things like being able to unlock different uh, Phase 1 and Phase 2 clone trooper armor. That's a pretty cool feature of uh, yeah. Battlefront 2. I really enjoy that. And I look forward to earning enough credits each time I play to try and unlock one that I don't sure. have unlocked. So, I mean, I think that and being able to pick out your rifle kind of like Call of Duty and kind of customize it with a couple of attachments, stuff like that, I think is kind of fun. So I think they've done a good job of making a Star Wars Call of Duty, but it's not Star Wars Battlefront. And I think that's where I have to kind of like separate myself and realize like, yeah, this is very much Star Wars Call of Duty and not Star Wars Battlefront. And once I do that. I seem to be okay with it. But when I try to compare it to the original Star Wars Battlefront games, it just doesn't hold water. Yeah, I mean, my know? expectation wasn't that it was going to be like the originals. I it was, it was a little bit too sequel-heavy, in my opinion, and I understand why they did that, because it came out at the time the sequels were coming out. But really, right. my biggest critique is that I wish there were more characters. Like, very much a missed opportunity to have Din Djarin or Ahsoka or, you know, any number of those characters yeah, that we've never been able to play that. as aside from Lego Star Wars. But I also think that's part of the reason yeah, there. I hope uh, so. I think part of that reason, I, I'm willing to bet that when they stopped updating Battlefront 2, that's when they had started planning for I Battlefront hope so. 3. 
I, I'm willing to bet money on that. Not a lot of money, like five <laughs> bucks. But I'd be willing to bet a little bit of money that that's when they started. Like when they made the decision, they probably made the decision to come out with a Battlefront three after or before they decided to stop updating Battlefront two. Person, like that's that's genuinely what I believe. There. Oh, that was a hack. <laughs> that was a Do hack. I... Yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> I I tried to mute it, so I guess it. I coughed before yeah, that I muted. Was brutal. <laughs> Dude, these allergies are just like I'm just I'm over it. I, I apologize for any of you guys listening because I I'm fighting through this right now so hard. My I, like I'm trying every chance I get to not cough. I'm just it's been well, miserable. And I mean, from my side too. Allergies. You guys have probably heard some cars going by here and there. I'm doing my best to mute when when something's coming by, but I can't always hear them. Yeah, it's so hard to, I don't have like the force to yeah. guide me to let me know when a car is about to pass by <laughs> to mute. So we don't have, we don't have those fancy sound, soundproof, soundproof uh, uh, booths or recording studios that some podcasts do. We've got 20 followers, I believe. So we're not quite there yet. So bear with yeah, us. Yeah. I mean, I live in, I live in New Hampshire and it's kind of in the season right now where you have one day where it's, warm one day where it's cold sometimes it's both in one day but today it was pretty warm like i think it was close to the record high um for forever and we don't have the air conditioners in the windows yet so we're kind of just having to deal with it so my windows are open and that's why the cars are so loud that's rough well our uh we don't we we have we we live on like one of those back road highways so it's kind of one of those, like, we don't have a lot of heavy traffic, but every once in a while we have, like, a an 18-wheeler pass by, and that's when it's, like, really hard. Sure. But anyway, enough of all that. I just apologize for any of the sound. You know, eventually when we start making money off of this and we're rich billionaires, <laughs> we'll sound we'll, we'll soundproof our, uh, our recording once studios. Once we make a billion dollars, we'll invest in some equipment. <laughs> When we make a billion dollars, I'm going to Japan yeah. for Star Wars yeah. celebration. That's our commitment to you. <laughs> make a right. billion dollars, and we'll we'll increase the quality. If you donate now, you can support two struggling yeah. Star Wars fans in the arms of an angel. Anyway, so all of that said, Star Wars celebration was awesome. I lived vicariously through so many of you guys. Thank you for uh, just. Those of you who went, I'm not going to necessarily thank you for going, but also thank you for sharing your experience is what I should yes, say. Yes, you did the Lord's like, work. I'm excited you got to go, but that's right. You guys you guys did the work of the force. You you shared everything and let the rest of us see uh, just how exciting Star Wars is. Um, not that it's never – I don't think there's ever been a point in my life where I haven't been excited for Star Wars regardless of what was coming up, like even with the sequels. After each sequel, I was still excited for the next sequel movie to come out. So there's never been a point where I'm not excited for Star Wars. Um, but you guys just did a good job of helping keep that lively energy going. So thank you for that. I hope you guys that did get to go uh, really enjoyed it. And anyone who didn't, start saving your pennies, man. Like, you can do it. Beans and rice. Find Dave Ramsey. He's an angry, bald guy who will yell at you for spending. And uh, by the end of the next two years, you'll be able to go to Japan. No problem. I guarantee it. Yeah, no problem. It's um, easy. 
it's easy. Beans and rice every day. That's Just all you have to do. Don't spend money and, and only will, make it. Don't spend a single dime. I always, my friends always give me a hard time. My friend, Devin, if you're listening, Devin, this is for you, man. Um, he gives me a hard time. Anytime I would buy something that I definitely didn't need for my collection, he would say something like, you know, there's this angry, bald guy named Dave just yelling in your ear on one shoulder, telling you not to spend that. And then you've got your other personality on your, your other shoulder telling you, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. So I always get reminded that anytime I don't need, like anytime I go to buy a Funko or something, I always hear about that angry, bald guy sitting on my shoulder, just telling me, you, do you really need that? Like, stop. And the answer is yes, I do need that Funko. I do need that Black yes, Series figure. So, anyway, all of that to say, glad celebration happened. It was fun. It was exciting. Um, and on top of that, we got Mando Chapter 23 this week titled The Spies, which is very interesting to me because it's not The Spy, it's The Spies. Plural. It is interesting. So, what does that mean? Because we know Elia Kane, who the you know the episode opens up with Elia Kane on Coruscant, and she uh, does this little uh, identity verification with a probe droid, which is kind of cool, you know, whatever. That's awesome. So she does that, and then she uh, talks to Moff Gideon about the Mandalorians and like uh, Navarro and what happened there with the pirates and how they failed and yada, yada, yada. And so he's like, continue your mission on Coruscant. I'll take care of the Mandalorians. All right. So we know one spy obviously is Eliakane. We kind of got that figure from, you know, a few episodes back with Dr. Pershing. Like she's, she's a backstabbing low life, you know what, you know, which, but, Who's the other spy? I've got a theory. I'm going to give theory? credit where it's due. Shout out Neil, if you're listening. Um, but he approached me today to talk about this, and I kind of think I agree with him. Um, his theory is that the armorer is the other spy. And before, before you throw rocks at me, who is responsible for getting all of the Mandalorians together? It's not Bo-Katan. It's not Mando. They helped, but it was the armorer who got that in motion. It was the armorer's mm. idea to make Bo-Katan the leader, to unite all the Mandalorians and hunt them all down and bring them together. Who wasn't there at the end of this episode when Moff Gideon showed up and was trying to kill them all? the armorer. So I think that, I think I that might I, be, so it's, here's, it's here's, possible. I'm not going to throw rocks at you. Cause I think there is evidence to support this. You know, if nothing else, if you look at it from a superficial standpoint, you look at her helmet, it's yep. got the horns on it. So did Moff's uh, Moff Gideon's. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock it. I'm not going to like throw rocks at you. Well, I just know people love the armor. We know in season one, the armor demolished a bunch of stormtroopers. 
Mm-hmm. Remember that on Navarro? So unless some kind of deal was made before between her and Moff Gideon in between that and now, I just, I don't see it happening. That that's just me personally. Well, I don't think it's likely that it would have been the whole time. I think there must've been some kind of deal. I just, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Like what would she, what would she do? Would she like, give up is she trying to give up her clan for her security like is that what like what's her what's her reasoning for it what's her incentive to to betray the mandalorians this person who holds things like the creed so incredibly high makes dinjar and jump through massive hoops to be but maybe she doesn't in the eyes of i just i don't, yeah, I don't see know. the incentive we'll have there. to we'll we'll have to see what that, john and dave say that's the problem for me. I don't see the incentive. Someone like Axe Wolves, yeah, I might see the incentive behind him. You know, if he was paid a good amount of money, maybe. You know, we know he's kind of about money more than he is about, you know, what's honorable right. or right or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I just, I don't see the armorer being the one to betray the covenant. I don't think Coven's the right word. What is covert? Covert. That's Coven's like witches. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Covert. So I don't know. I, just, I don't. See it made sense that. to me. I mean, I wouldn't. I would have been at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if it's true, but I would have been shocked if he hadn't said that. I will be surprised. Like, next week, if we find out she betrayed them, I will be shocked. Genuinely. And I will tell you straight up, you're right. All right. Well. I'll say it to your face. And then if you do that, I'll just tell Neil that he was right. Because it really, it, I didn't do the, the thinking there. He That's did fine. The yeah, you can transfer it. You're, you're correct by yeah. the transitive property. So, anyway. So we see Moff Gideon get off the phone, essentially, off a hologram with uh, Aliyah Kane, who, by the way, Katie O'Brien is super, like, interactive, just like, um, uh, what's his name, Paul Lee. She's, like, super interactive. Like, I tagged her in a post on a tweet. Uh, I tagged her in Giancarlo Esposito, and she liked it. He did not. But I think he's, I think the difference is she's at least like a good person in reality. Like if you look at her Twitter page, she's got a bunch of animals and everything. She just loves it. I think he plays, I think he plays the villain so well that he's the kind of person that's like, I hate, wow. you know, I hate kittens. Rude way. <laughs> Cause that's he didn't so like rude. it. I was, I was hurt. I was hurt that he didn't like it. I mean, she did. If she hearted it, why can't he? It, it's a one simple click. Wow. Come on. I think he's just so dedicated to his character that he he just he plays him on Just call him a jerk. <laughs> I'm not uh, until I meet him. I oh, you'll call just him dance jerk. around it when you talk about him. That's right. I'll kind of hint at it here and there. So anyway, he leaves the conversation and then walks through this hallway. So what do you think these these Mandalorian Imperial, like Imperial Mandalorians, do you think they're like upgraded dark troopers or do you think they're actual people in the it's, suits? It's a good question because I had thought that they were the, 
the next version of the Dark Troopers because he was talking about them, but they they looked like people, like the way they moved. Well, and they yeah they made sounds like people like when they got shot and you know flew down, dropped off cliffs, whatever. Like during the battle sequences, they sounded like. I think people. that they might just be but, just you just like they have different troopers for different planets and terrains. This is probably just what they have for Mandalore. I just thought it was really weird when he was walking down that hallway after talking to Kane that they're just standing there between rations just randomly. No, like it to me, it looked like, okay, these are probably like droid dark troopers upgraded to look like Mandalorians. But then, yeah, you hear them during the fight scene and it's like, well, no, that sounds like a person. It doesn't sound like a droid. We would have gotten that dubstep music like we got in season two. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair point. It, I, I don't know. It just felt weird to see them all standing there between the ray shields. Like, they can't move until he walks through and the ray shields get dropped. Well, yeah. Like, it felt it felt I really weird. I, I don't know. I'm sure we'll get that. For them to just be standing We'll learn one way or another. You know, and it's not like, like, if they saluted him when he walked by or something like that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, those are definitely, like, humans yeah. in those suits. I don't know. But it just didn't. It didn't if, seem like that. If, so they're, if they're the the dark troopers, it might. I think it's a little bit of a miss because they look too human. Yeah, they do. Their size is disproportionate to dark. Yeah, troopers I don't think they're dark well. troopers. It's not like they were upgraded in size, so they're probably human. It was just weird, to, to, in my opinion. It's not like like it took away from the no, episode cool. at all. It was cool to see them, but it was just kind of like weird. Like, why are you guys standing in yeah. between ray shields? Like, can you not move Maybe until not. he walks by? Are you just stuck there? Do you just stand yeah. there all day? Maybe they're like the the British palace guard. You know, they literally just yeah. stand in place all day. But anyway, so he goes and joins the uh, Shadow Council, which is kind of cool, um, and talks to a bunch of people, including a commandant, Brendel Hux. Which did you I recognize sure did. the one name? Of my favorite, one of my favorite characters from the sequels. Love Hux. It was kind of cool. Father. He was for com- for comedic purposes. He was one of my favorites. But as a character, as a whole, well, let me say, all right, let me put a disclaimer. I liked him in The Force Awakens. His interaction with Poe. Oh, we're talking about different Hux. I actually liked him. Yeah. No, no, no. We're talking about the same Hux. I liked him in The Last Jedi. I loved him in The Force Awakens. Yeah, I love. So I loved. I thought in The Force Awakens, he was a little over the top, like with his speech to the First Order, where he's. Like spitting and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's gross. Can no, you not say a, a speech without spitting? Like, I loved it. Come on, man. He, he, he didn't strike any fear in oh, my heart. Like, you're full of it. But then in The Last Jedi, one of the few parts of The Last Jedi that I actually enjoyed was his whole reaction, like his interaction with Poe. Like, it was perfect. It was perfect comedic gold. I loved yeah, his interaction too. with Poe. It didn't necessarily feel like perfectly Star Wars, but it was it was hilarious nonetheless. Like, I couldn't dislike that moment. It was just, it was, it was that good. funny in my, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> so that's what really made me like him. And like, because in the first episode in Force Awakens, you kind of get this like this powerful leader who's struggling with power over, you know, with Kylo Ren. And then in The Last Jedi and and uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, you get this kind of like sniveling coward who's just comedic. 
he's there for comedy purposes. And I liked that aspect Interesting. Of Not me. I liked him in Force Awakens much better. I thought he was lame in Force Awakens. So anyway, we meet, uh, we're assuming this is his dad on the council, on the Shadow Council. So they're all talking about cloning, and they name drop Thrawn at one point. And so then uh, at one point, Moff Gideon talks about his request for extra support. So he needed like TIE interceptors, TIE bombers, and then Praetorian guards, which we haven't seen anything about since The Last Jedi. In fact, I think The Last Jedi was the only I think so. Uh, visual in terms of movie or film mm-hmm. or uh, TV where we've seen anything about the Praetorian guards. So that was kind of cool that he requested them. Um, then we get on Navarro. The Mandalorians are uniting, whatever. There's a whole speech. Bo-Katan asks for volunteers to go to Mandalore. They go to Mandalore, whatever. They actually find a remnant of Mandos who have survived the, the purge of Mandalore and have been living on this like makeshift sail barge, essentially. Um, they're looking for the Great Forge and such and such. And then as they find it, they get ambushed by those Imperial Mando troopers or Imperial Mando Dark troopers or whatever they are. Um, so there's a big fight sequence. They end up getting trapped and cornered by Moff Gideon and Din actually gets separated from the group. A door shuts between them and they capture him, which is very interesting. Uh, I've seen a couple of theories about what's going to happen to Din. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens next episode. Um, so there's some kind of dialogue that's exchanged between Moff and Bo just going back and forth about how Bo should have killed him and whatever. So then, uh, she ends up, uh, they, they all, the Mandalorians start blasting the door after Din gets kind of taken off and everything. And, um, Bo starts cutting a hole in the door behind them to let all the Mandalorians out and escape. Um, what else happens? Let's see. Moth opens the door and has the Imperial Mandos attack the real Mandos. Paz Vizsla ends up like just chopping all of them down, which is super awesome, super epic. Everyone escapes through the door that Bo cut out of the wall. Um, and then Bo's like, come with me. And he's like, no. And she's like, yes. And he's like, no. And so he shuts the door behind them, you know, like between them. And does his like final stand heroic sacrifice. He's like shooting them all down, and it's awesome. Which I don't kind of, I don't really get because if they're all wearing Beskar armor, shouldn't that blaster bolt blast like just bounce off well, of the armor? I don't know that we know like, it's full Beskar. I mean, that's what Moff said, didn't he? Or was that just his? Uh, I took his it as uniform? it was just his. Oh well, that but may I don't be. know. But I don't know. Like, if you look at the look, look closely at the first fighting scene between between that and the second fighting scene, because in the first fighting scene, it actually I, I thought they said something about they're wearing Beskar. And then when you look at where they're actually trying to shoot, it looks like they're trying to shoot like under the helmets or yeah. at exposed points on the on the Imperial Mandos versus in the second fighting scene, it just looks like Paz is like gunning them left and right, like mowing them down like it's nothing. And so I I don't know. It just kind of looked to me that looked a little weird because it was like in the first fighting scene, it looked like they were trying to specifically like get 
towards like where the neck were or wherever the weak points were in the armor versus the second scene. It just seemed like, ah, it's a free for all. Well, my, my thing with it was regardless Paz is like, no, go. There's too many of them. And then he proceeds to like, take them all down until more show up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, granted, he's he's like fully covered in armor because he's a big dude. Yeah, so but he just needs imagine if like armor. two or three of them had stayed by to help him. Well, yeah, that's true too. Don't want to take away but from it though; it was awesome. Then after after he mows them all down, the three Praetorian yeah. guards show up, and they do definitely look different. Like their armor is slightly different. It's all in the red color, and their weapons look similar. They're glowing a different color than they, they did cooler. in the Last Jedi. But, oh, my God, it was so good. Like, I've never – I would actually buy Praetorian guards from the Mandalorian, even though I hated them in yeah. The Last Jedi. Yeah, they were badass. Like, they were that – they were that badass. And they, they put Paz to death with no effort whatsoever. And these – this is what I expected when I saw that we were going to have a fight scene. When I first saw it in The Last Jedi – like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Second time I saw it, when I went to analyze it, it was like, oh, that's some really bad yeah, choreography. Apart for that and reason. They, they have fixed it in The Mandalorian, in my sure. opinion. They made it look so much better. And oh my God, these guys look like badasses that you just don't want to touch. You don't want to fight them. You don't want to be up against these guys because they yeah. will kill you. Agreed. And that's what they did. They did it uh, efficiently. They did it quickly. They did it ruthlessly. I mean, it was so awesome. And their blades uh, sliced through the Beskar. Like, you could see, at least in the chest piece where he stabbed him in, like, the gut, it went right through the armor. just slid right in. And it was like, holy cow. These guys are no joke. And they just, they picked him apart like nothing. So, really well done. Well done episode. It was fantastic. It might be my favorite episode of season three so far. I mean, it really was that good in my Yeah, opinion. I agree. I mean, we haven't even talked about the episode's namesake here, Grogu. That Grogu oh, yeah, this episode right. might have been <laughs> the funniest thing I've seen in Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. So, we got uh, IG-11. We, we found out because... Uh, when they were on Navarro, uh, what's his name? Grief Karga came out to visit them and gives like Din Djarin a bottle of like whiskey or wine or something. Probably a bottle, probably a bo- bottle of Old Smoky from Coruscant, you know. And uh, so he gives him a bottle and says, you want a smaller group to enjoy this or something like that. And he's like, I've got another gift for you. So Din and Grogu go over to his office and in walks IG 11 now IG 12 with an Enzelin walking in like operating him from the inside yep. from his chest which was super I really funny liked to it. see I liked so it I love the concern was that it, it was going to take away from the sacrifice of IG 11 and I, this executes right. it so that that sacrifice is still a good yeah they, yeah they've completely repurposed IG11 to be something that Grogu can still utilize and can still yep. protect Grogu. And oh my god. Uh, so fantastic he, job there. He t- he went around menacing in that thing. He's a toddler. He's a toddler that needs to be put in timeout. I'm going to say that. He needs to be put it's in just, timeout. That kid 
Den needs to learn how to discipline <laughs> his kid. Like if I were the parent standing next to him in line to register my kid for school and his kid were acting up and my kid's sitting there perfectly, I would be looking at him judgmentally because it's like, dude, your kid's grabbing everything. Like you got to teach him. He can't touch things. He's not going to buy. That was like a rule growing up in my household. You don't touch yeah. things. You're not going to buy. Now, at first I thought that meant if I touch it, mom and dad are going to buy it. That's not <laughs> what it meant. FYI for any of you who didn't grow up with that rule. That's not what it meant. It meant unless mom and dad said you could touch yeah, it, but don't touch you it. Don't, don't touch it. Anything. That's right. It meant keep your hands to yourself, look forward, smile at people, and that's it. That's all you do. You don't touch things. So Grogu needs to be put in timeout. This is that's all I'm gonna say. An element of Star Wars that I never ever considered. Like we're it, we're seeing Din it's awesome. be a dad and he's dealing with a toddler that's driving him up a wall. Like with Right down. It was right it was down so the, funny. The, yes and no. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that was that was the best part. Him walking down the market just constantly. Yes, it's a kid yes, learning, yes, to, learning yes, to talk. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, it, oh. it was so funny. You know, our son's almost two, and I totally related to that whole scene. <laughs> the whole the whole time, I'm sitting there thinking he needs to be put in his crib. He needs a nap. He needs to be put in timeout. I don't care what you need to do, but he can't do that. <laughs> like the parent in me came out yep. and said, "This is oh, unacceptable. This is not okay. Why are you let in? You need to learn how to be a better yeah. dad." It, it, that's really what I wanted to talk about with this episode because it was I it just it cracked me up, man. The whole time I'm sitting there going, Oh my god, I'm going through this right now in my life. I well, understand this entirely. Din Din's like, No, Grogu, you're not ready for that. And he's like, Yes, I am. He gets in and then he's running away from him as Din's trying to get him out of it and no, you're not ready for this. Yes, I am. It was it was so funny. Such a punk. Yep. The whole time, back and forth, it was just, yeah. it was, it was perfect. It was, it was a perfect de depiction of yep. uh, a dad and his son. Done Star Wars style. It was, it was great. I also, I really think last, uh, the last few episodes, we've really seen this connection between uh, Bo-Katan and Grogu. Like even this episode, I think when they were coming into land at Navarro, Grogu was sitting yep, in Bo-Katan's like lap. So I, I'm just going to point out, I really do, like, I don't ship characters very often. I don't do all the shipping stuff. But I, I do kind of see, you know, I don't know, Mando, you know, Din and Bo-Katan maybe becoming a good couple. I, I'm not against that. I think they would Ooh. make a good family with Grogu. Yeah, they can be a know? family without being a couple. I'm not... I'm just saying just I'm not against like it. it. I just feel like neither of those characters would do that. I'm not saying they would or wouldn't. I'm saying they've spent a lot of time together. They've come to this kind of understanding where they've kind of started coming to a middle ground. And you can see, like, there's some moments, you know, with side yeah. looks and stuff like that, where there seems to be at least well, some connection and, there, you know. They haven't really hinted at romantic necessarily, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in season four, well, we to got your point, like I mean, that. they did have that moment when 
they were all together. I think it was on Navarro still. Um, but when Bo-Katan was kind of giving the history, no, it was on Mandalore. Um, she was giving the history of like her role in, in how Mandalore fell. And she, when she was done, she went outside and was like really feeling it. She, it's all my fault and that sort of thing. And Din comes out and is basically reassuring her. And he ends it by basic, by saying like, I will follow you no matter what. Like I, I am here with right. you. You're the leader and none of that stuff matters anymore. What matters is right now. And I will follow you. It's a cool moment. Yeah. It was. It really was a cool connection between the two. And I, I don't think that if so, anybody else had gone out there and said it, it would have landed as much as, as Din saying it. Correct. I think the weight of him saying it and coming out the way he said it uh, really made the difference in terms of how that could have yeah. looked. You know, if like the armor had come out or Paz or something like that, it just wouldn't yeah. have sat the same. But the fact that Din came out and was the one to communicate that to her. That really Definitely. made all the difference. But man, rest in peace, Paz. I think everybody was just starting to love him. Yeah, that was rough. Because he was kind of like a hard-o at first, but uh, they really did a good job this season of giving him some some airtime so that the sacrifice meant something. Well, I'm personally an OG Paz fan. Like I liked him from episode three on. Partially because he's a bigger dude. Like, you don't often see bigger warriors, bigger Mandalorians especially. They're usually slimmer, fitter guys. And not that he's not fit, but he is a yeah. bigger dude. And so to see that was kind of cool because, like, from my point of view, I'm a little bit of a bigger dude. So if I were to, like, role play, cosplay uh, Mandalorian at some point, it would be someone like Paz. I would have armor yep. similar to Paz's. And so to see that was really, really cool to me, but also to see some of the character development and his understanding of how he views the specifically the term honor, you know, like he really is an honorable person. Right. He believes at the it. end of the day, like, yeah, he, he's got his disagreements with different people, but at the end of the day, like he had his disagreements with Mando at times with Din, but at the end of the day, Din saved his kid, and he's like, I'm going to honor that. This guy is here for us. Like, he he's the real deal. Despite our disagreements, I'm going to honor him and support him and respect him yep. and, you know, help him. And that's the kind of person he is. So it's just really they gave cool him a good send-off. Absolutely. I think there there was no better way for him to, yep. to pass on you know, to, to, to pass away. That was, that was perfect. That was in character for him. And it really leaves us on this cliffhanger of, well, now Din is in the hands of Moff Gideon. What's he, what's he going to do while the Mandalorians are trying to, um, you know, recuperate and figure out what's next? Like, how do we get reinforcements and what are the reinforcements? You know, there's a lot of speculation is, uh, Boba Fett going to show up? Is Ahsoka going to show up? Is, you know, XYZ going to show up? So it's really interesting to see. And I'm very, very excited for the last episode. I, I wonder how they're going to pack all it's of it. I mean, I think we're for sure going to be no on a big cliffhanger. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're definitely going to have to leave something open for season four. Agreed. 
So it's going to be good. But anyway, wow. Holy cow. We went an we hour sure and did. a half on this episode, man. That's incredible. Well, Imagine we had a lot we had of bad batch to talk, talk about, about too. All fairness. Oh man, it would have been rough. Well, we had so much of Star Wars celebration. That's yeah. what took up the, the bulk of our time. Sure. Thank you guys for joining us. We're we're super happy to have you guys. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Kevin, but we've got a total of like 75 downloads on our first nice. episode now. So that means 75 different people have listened to us. So thank you for that. Um, we've been just getting a lot of support. We've been seeing growth on our, uh, not only our platforms for podcasts, but also our social media handles, which has been pretty cool to see. Um, so again, you can find us on Twitter, Reddit, uh, Instagram, all records of the Republic. Um, if you just type that into the search bar, you will find us. I guarantee you same with all of your major podcast platforms. So Apple podcast, Spotify podcast, uh, Amazon music podcast and Google podcasts and, you know, any others that you listen to podcasts on, uh, records of the Republic, you should be able to find us. Give us a listen, uh, share it with your friends who may like Star Wars or who may like podcasts. Uh, leave us a review. Reviews help a lot. So if you can leave us a review on Apple or on Spotify or anywhere where they accept reviews, uh, do that for us. Preferably five-star, unless you don't think we're a five-star podcast, and in which case I would ask you to email us <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of leaving exactly. that review. It never happened if you feel that funny. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But uh, we love you guys, and we appreciate you and all of your support. And we look forward to sharing Chapter 24 of The Mandalorian next week with you. So uh, that's going to be gonna be a fun episode, hopefully. Hopefully no one crazy dies. So appreciate you guys. As always, may the Force be with you. And remember, this is the way.